Nation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Show, known as Beyond the Bell, via the powerful SNS Radio Network. I'm your host, ring announcer, broadcaster, TV host, and lifelong fan of professional wrestling, Sean Beckerman. And welcome to the show that takes you back in time as we rewind and relive all things nostalgia in sports entertainment. This week, We open up our books to another organization that hasn't been discussed all that much on Beyond the Bell. And it was an organization known as WCCW. A lot of wrestling fans will see the initials WCCW and assume that a typo was made. No, no, no. This is not World Championship Wrestling, folks. These initials stand for World Class Championship Wrestling. This was the company that put Texas wrestling on the map. Fritz von Erich and his sons built up a brand that was able to capture the attention of the entire nation, which was a lot harder to do back during the territorial days. The history of WCCW is one of the more interesting tales in wrestling. During the 1960s, promoter Ed McLemore started a wrestling promotion deep in the heart of Texas. He named Fritz von Erich, one of his top stars, and the president of the company. WCCW was a branch of the NWA, which was the smart business decision back then because wrestling promotions were still territorial. Thanks to a rabid fan base in Dallas and legendary venues like the Sportatorium and Reunion Arena, World-class championship wrestling was able to build a following that few regional companies were able to do. If you watch wrestling during the 1980s, then you already know about the Von Erich family. They were so popular that it was impossible not to know who they were. Fritz Von Erich, the patriarch, was a star when he wrestled. Once he started focusing more on running WCCW, he decided that his sons would be the centerpieces of the show, the heir apparent, if you will. The eldest son, David Von Erich, had worldwide appeal that was destined to become world champion someday. Kerry Von Erich, the future Texas Tornado, reached world championship status after beating Ric Flair in a historic match. Kevin Von Erich was the most reliable son who was able to amass a strong following himself. Mike Von Erich and Chris were the younger ones that tried to follow in their brother's footsteps. The boys provided the foundation for world-class championship wrestling. If you've seen The Wrestler, you're probably aware that the world of professional wrestling is filled with characters and flooded with history. 
the truth is always stranger than fiction. And the following series will go over the real tales of grappling depravity that would make Mickey Rourke pass out in his Cheerios. It's a dirty world in the squirt circle. A lot of these stories are factual. However, some may be misinformed, or rumors may fly, or legends may be created, folklore, tall tales, if you will. But this will be as close to accurate as possible on the history of WCCW, the milestones of world-class championship wrestling. We'll go over in chronological order, on a yearly basis, similar to other series which which we've started here at Beyond the Bell, where we will look back at the history of an organization. This edition will look at the milestones of world-class championship wrestling. Tonight, we start off looking at 1982 in WCCW history. Well, the name world-class, I believe... um we were watching the Olympics. Uh, Dave Carey and Dad and I were sitting around. I don't remember who it was. I know Dad was there, and, and I was there. And uh, it, it was either Dave and Carey or Dave or Carey. But we were sitting around, and he said, well, we've got two world-class wrestlers going against each other here. And uh, it kind of rung a bell, you know, and so we went with that, you know. And so I like I liked the idea of kind of um, the name being... Uh, World class because it was. Um, I thought they. I thought we had world class athletes, you know, and we all thought that. And so it was a name that just an, another name, but it was. I didn't like uh, the where they called it big time wrestling, where they misspelled right R A S S L I N. You know, I didn't think that was. I didn't like that name, so I, I liked the world class. But then we wanted to make it different too. We didn't want to lay in a hold in the ring and 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 you know break it when we got to the ropes and so um we went ahead and 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 and, get, and gave it our best and worked as hard as we could and it was, it was a little different than than some of the ter- other territories i think a lot of people when they see the world-class logo the silhouette of the guy on top of the other guy well that's really me and the, the guy under them's uh jumbo or uh fujinami in japan and so I had the client in Japan. They took that picture, and that was the that was the shot that we used for our logo. And uh, so that was the big world-class banner across the bottom of the ring. Welcome back to world-class championship wrestling. Before we get back to the action, we're going to spend a few minutes with Kerry and Fritz von Erich and on Kerry's corner. He's going to tell us about a hobby he uses to fill time when he's on the road. You know, in this business, being a professional wrestler, traveling all over the world, and cities all over the place well you're always seeing things that you want and so it makes you pick up kind of weird hobbies well I guess my weakness is this camera right here I take pictures of everything you know my my brother Kevin and Dave Chris Mike even though we don't have Mike and Dave right now I still have so many pictures of them you know every time Kevin and I and Dave or Kevin and I and Mike or Chris Every time we go on the road, we would, uh, well, I would take my camera. Sometimes I felt like it was kind of a hassle to them because uh, everything they did, I was kind of like a, a camera buff. You know, I took a picture of everything. I mean, if, if, if Kev spilt chocolate malt on Dave, I had my camera out getting a picture of it. Well, I got all kinds of pictures. I got pictures of 
Kev, Dave, Dad, uh, my football coaches. But I've been involved in it for a long time, ever since high school, I guess. But professional wrestling has really brought it out in me. The camera I have, I, I mean, I'm such a camera buff. I even went to Japan and brought back uh, my own camera. I brought back a camera called the Minolta 9000. It's just a real state-of-the-art. It's a beautiful camera. But it also um, has an auto rewinder to shoot seven shots a second. So you can use it in sports or if Kev is in a match or Dave's wrestling or Mike or, or myself in some occasions. They use the camera and they take pictures and uh, the auto rewind is so fast you get shots that normally you wouldn't get. So if you're ever out on the street or out and about and you're doing something kind of crazy, you better be careful because I might be there with my camera taking a picture like this. Let's start off with Kerry versus Flair in a classic best of three falls match at the Reunion Arena on August 15th of 1982 in the Reunion Arena, a best two out of three falls epic encounter, which would ultimately become part of world-class wrestling folklore, pitted then NWA world champion Nature Boy Ric Flair against the modern-day warrior Kerry Von Erich. Ever since his full-time entrance into the sport in 1980, Kerry, like his older brothers Kevin and David, had been touted as a future world champion, and many wrestling insiders agree that this particular match solidified Kerry's stake to that claim. From the get-go, Flair recognized Kerry as a legitimate threat to the coveted title, and offered a bounty of money to any wrestler who could disable Kerry before the big title defense. 18,000 enthusiastic fans were convinced that they were about to see history in the making, that they would witness Kerry Von Erich fulfill his destiny by winning the NWA world title on this very night. The referee assigned to the match was Alfred Neely, a Mid-South Territory referee specially assigned by the National Wrestling Alliance to referee this big championship bout. After Kerry even the bout at one fall apiece, the fans at the Reunion Arena truly believed that Kerry would take fall number three. Towards the end of the bout, Kerry locked Flair into the full Nelson and was seemingly on the verge of dethroning Flair when he accidentally swung one of Flair's arms into referee Neely, knocking him down. The fans in attendance prematurely erupted, thinking Kerry won the title. However, it became apparent that Neely had called for the belt to disqualify Kerry for deliberately, supposedly, swinging Flair into him. Immediately, Kerry's father Fritz and WCCW referee David Manning entered the ring and angrily disputed the hotly controversial decision. Neely, who had irked fans throughout the match with his overly authoritative demeanor, Neely received a beatdown from Fritz and would be a hated figure in the territory long after this classic confrontation as he was chosen by the dynamic duo comprised of Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez as their choice to referee their classic hair-versus-hair match four years later. World-class bookers knew that their loyal fans would remember the name of Alfred Neely and that it could still garner the heat they would need in any feud going forward in WCCW. severe cut in his forehead. And he has been adamant about the fact that he's continuing. 
attacked the official, not physically, but vocally. Learn about the cameras around it. Gary Von Erich is one fall away from winning the World Heavyweight Championship. With 30 minutes left in this bout. That's two out of three falls, and here comes Flair fighting for his championship fight. Control. A double disqualification. Therefore, Ric Flair retains the World Heavyweight Championship. Here comes Fritz von Erich in the ring now. I'm sure he is absolutely furious with the official. Feeling the carry was robbed in the first ball. Fritz von Erich discussing with Alfred Neely to be very disappointed in what happened here tonight. Not only disappointed at, probably disappointed at periods. And Rick Flair his two cents in. And now, Eric after it. And the whole thing is disrupted into a war. Great deal of phone conversation tomorrow. 
a disaster. The Von Erichs Freebirds feud begins. Following the controversial match that we just discussed between Flair and Kerry Von Erich, in which Flair barely escaped Texas with the world title, now created evidence that Flair was in on a devious deal with world class manager Gary Hart in an attempt to end his son's career. Family patriarch Fritz von Erich demanded a second enforcer referee to be assigned to the December 25th cage match between Flair and Kerry in order for a decisive winner to emerge. Television viewers were asked to choose among several wrestlers to serve as special referee for the bout, with world-class newcomer and then babyface Michael Hayes edging out the others to become the title bout's special enforcer referee, and it was a duty Hayes was determined to take seriously. On Christmas night, the bout between Flair and Kerry took place. Referee Hayes had several near confrontations with the world champion before finally losing his cool and slugging Flair. Hayes then wanted Kerry to quickly cover the unconscious Flair to become the new world's champion. But Von Erich, trying to win the title in an honorable fashion, refused to make the easy cover on Flair, which incensed Hayes. Hayes and Kerry began to argue and Hayes left the ring with Kerry following him pleading his case to Hayes. As Kerry leaned out of the cage to make a last effort to gain Michael's attention, Hayes' fellow freebird, Terry Gordy, 
Terry Bam Bam Gordy, who was stationed outside the cage, slammed the door on Kerry's head, allowing Flair the victory. Fans today still refer to this incident as the slam heard around the world. As Kevin Von Erich called it, the war between decency and filth was on. Older brothers Kevin and David Von Erich joined in Kerry's crusade, as did the entire Freebird unit of Gordy and Buddy Roberts joining Michael Hayes. The two trios set attendance and television viewership records in nearly every world-class market they fought in during the mid during the mid to early 80s. Here we are live in Dallas in the studio, waiting in Atlanta live will be Michael Hayes, who's paying for this, by the way, because he wanted to talk to you about the six-man World Tag Team Championship May 4th at Texas Stadium. Are you there, Michael? Yeah, I'm here. Of course I'm here. I'm paying for this time. I know how to spend my money right. As a matter of fact, since I'm paying for the time, it makes you my employee, Mercer. So you just shut your mouth. That's what I'm going to pay you for right now, is to sit there and shut up for once in your life. Very fine. Now, Von Eric, can you hear me? I can hear you too All right, good. Let me tell you something. I tried, like a civilized southern man, to talk to you last time we got together. And you turned around. When I turned my back, you hit me like the coward all of you are. That's how all your kids were raised. So that's why I had to buy this time, okay? So to keep me from taking my hands and wringing your neck. Now, first of all, you hit me with, there's not going to be 12 lumberjacks. There's going to be 14 lumberjacks. And you and your 90% child are going to be out there. And I'm talking about Mike Von Erich. Then, today, I get a phone call and find out not only are you going to be one of the Lumberjacks and Mike, it's going to be an elimination match. Now, what kind of world title match is an elimination match? You think I'm a fool, man? I know exactly what you want. You want to get rid of Bam Bam, because that's our big gun. You want to get rid of Buddy, and you want to see me out there by myself, because you hold me responsible. You hold me responsible for what happened to your punk kids, your teenage punks. Are you going to talk the whole four minutes? No, I'm not, but I want you to be aware of what's going to happen because it's going to backfire. You ripped us off the first Texas stadium. Last Texas stadium about this time, I saved you. And that was my biggest mistake. And you ripped us off of that car. I'm going to tell you this. It ain't a threat, Von Eric. It's a promise. This Texas stadium is ours. We're the world champions. We're going to walk out the world champions, and we rule this place. And after we eliminate your kids, after what you did to me, you mark my words. We're going to drag you in that ring, and I'm going to give you the beating. You talk about my daddy should have given me a beating. I'm going to give you a beating. I enjoyed knocking you on your can more than anything in the last three years. Yeah, from behind. Let me tell you something. What? When this thing is all done, that strap right here, which I raised these boys with, it's going to be laid across your backside time and again by me, by Mike, and by 12 other guys out there. When this thing is all cut and dried, those boys are going to throw you personally to me time and time again. And I may not just use this strap. I may belt you with a fist. You know you almost hurt my two youngest. You, you tried your best to hurt them. You just shut up and listen. You took those kids and abused them. My 16-year-old, my 21-year-old, do you think I'm going to stand by and watch this go on and do nothing about it? Yes, I suggested the lumberjack. Yes, I insisted that I was there. Yes, I insisted also in the elimination. Because when it's all done, you're going to be there by yourself. My kids are going to eliminate your brothers, and they're going to hold you. I'm going to stuff that can of yours until it's bloody. 
You should have had that done to you the time you were raised. I'll take over and do it for you myself. There's no way. There's no way, man. This is it. You may have ruled Texas all your life, but this ruling is coming to an end. There's a new regime. There's a new kingdom, and we're ruling it whether you like it or not. Now, I paid for this time. This is my time. Mercer, you're my employee. We are the world champions. Sorry, Michael, but we run out of time. We'll look forward to the six-man world tag team championship, the Lumberjacks, right and the elimination I coming up May 4th at Texas Stadium. We'll be right back with more right on world-class championship wrestling. was not only about their mutual hatred towards one another, but also the coveted World Six-Man Tag Team Trophy, later replaced by belts, or championships, should I say, and this particular title changed between the two factions numerous times. When World Class went into massive syndication in late 1983 across the U.S., the Von Erich Freebird feud was at its all-time peak and instantly became one of the sport's most talked-about feuds, remaining so for many years to come. Whether it was a six-man tag team match, a cage match, a country whipping match, fans in attendance, or watching television knew they were guaranteed excitement when there was a Von Erich Freebird match on the card they were watching. As years went by, Mike Van Erich filled the spot on the Van Erich squad for his late brother David. And faux cousin Lance would also join in the battle between the birds. Amazingly, in 1988, Freebird Michael Hayes would actually capture the world six-man title with, Carrie, with Kevin and Carrie when they defeated the new Freebird faction of Gordy, Roberts, and Iceman King Parsons. The final Von Erich-Freebird battle took place in Texas in 1993 at the Kerry Von Erich Memorial Card sponsored by the Global Wrestling Federation at the Sportatorium. The main event of the card featured Kevin Von Erich and longtime ally, gentleman Chris Adams, taking on and defeating Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts. For a moment, it seemed like someone turned back the hands of time, as Kevin remarked after the match. The feud between the Von Erichs and the Freebirds is one of the greatest feuds of all time, one of the greatest rivalries to ever take place in professional wrestling history, and in 1982 was the start of this feud, and basically the start of the national recognition of world-class championship wrestling. Particularly Rick Rude, the former world heavyweight champion. I understand that you have a very impressive man coming in. Well, impressive is right, Mr. Bill Mercer. As a matter of fact, you know, I've heard some rumors that you don't like me. Do you realize it's been six months since I've been invited to stand at ringside with you and to talk with the people? Do you realize it's been six months? Has it been you, that long? Yeah, you don't like me, do you? No, I yeah, You I, just like the rest of these people I like around you. here. Yeah, I know. You pick sides. I know all about you. All right. By the way, we do have a new man, as a matter of fact, and all you got to do is go out to the newsstands, pick you up a wrestling magazine, and you're going to see the face of Joe LaDuke. Come on, cameraman. Oh, buddy. If you can work them things there, I want you to get a little bit closer right here. Joe LaDuke, the Canadian lumberjack. Mr. Mercer, this is the most awesome man in professional wrestling. I have seen him pull a locomotive by a chain with his bare hands on a railroad track. I've seen him pick up the back of a car. He can... You see about people not liking me? You see? I, I see what you say. Let's. All right, we're going to look forward to Joe LaDuke. 
Let's talk a minute about the fact that Rick Rude has a rematch coming up trying to regain the World Heavyweight Championship. That's right. He does have a rematch. The rematch should have been a long time ago. It should have been right after the little incident at the 4th of July. I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Mercer. Mr. Chris Adams is a habitual liar. He's running around telling lies, and world-class wrestling ain't doing nothing but backing him up. One thing they wouldn't do for me. Chris Adams is giving title matches to other people. He's giving matches to Japanese people. He's giving matches to other people. But we should be the one, number one in line. And one more thing is Gary Hart. I want you people to realize, I want you to understand. Now, he doesn't like you. That I don't care about anybody unless they are in the Pringle dynasty. Uh -huh. As far as Gary Hart's concerned, the magazines are putting out pictures, Gary Hart's picture right next to Percy Pringle's picture. I'll tell you what I think about Gary Hart. Gary Hart means nothing to me. There's Gary Hart. I don't care who you are. If you're not the Pringle dynasty, you don't mean a thing at all. That goes for you too, Mercer. All right, now, now, you said I didn't like you. That's not true. But I got some fan mail from Mobile, Alabama. I'm sure you Your did. Hometown. That's my hometown, WPMI. Channel 15 in Mobile. Yes, And they sir. said, please quit mentioning that you were from Mobile because you were giving the city a bad name. That's some more of your stuff, Mercer. Oh, I'm man. sick and tired of you, just like I'm sick and tired of these people. You're going to see something new in the Pringle Dynasty, brother. Rick Rude, Jola Duke, and there's no telling what other surprises I have in store for you. Gerhardt, get out of my way. Mobile, I love you. And they don't love you. Come back, see us in six months, Percy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, Mobile, we've passed. WCCW television goes national, then international. In April of 1982, at the urging of newly hired television producer Mickey Grant and veteran television announcer Bill Mercer, big fan of, longtime Dallas Fort Worth wrestling promoter Jack Atkinson took his big time wrestling promotion and rechristened it World Class Championship Wrestling. I wanted the world class in the name of the promotion, said Grant, who came up with the name. Seen in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on the Christian Broadcasting Network, world-class championship wrestling television seemingly had no other delusions of grandeur other than to increase their television ratings in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and quite possibly go deeper into the Texas region. However, Atkinson was also able to regionally expand his viewership across Texas with a deal with KTVT, which would soon later become an affiliate for CBS. The deal with KTVT ultimately opened doors for World Class to gain syndication in 66 U.S. markets, as well as overseas in Israel, Japan, and throughout South America. This was before Vince McMahon Jr. took his World Wrestling Federation product and expanded it nationally. Remarkably enough, accomplishing this during the early days of cable television, the weekly television shows under producer Mickey Grant would undergo many production overhauls, such as the use of instant replays, state-of-the-art graphics, intimate interviews from outside the squared circle, the use of music videos, three cameras in constant use throughout the matches, and microphones that allowed fans to hear the action from inside the ring. The television shows essentially catered to all kinds of wrestling fans. For the females, there were the matinee idol types, such as Jack Atkinson's young and athletic sons, Kevin, David, Carey, the charismatic Michael Hayes, the handsome Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, 
they were still the stereotypical, unusual characters such as Bugsy McGraw, the Missing Link, and Kamala, as well as wall brawlers such as Bruiser Brody, Terry Gordy, and Killer Khan. The show essentially syndicated itself. Everyone saw the kind of ratings World Class was getting, and they wanted to add it to their programming. Grant was buzzing with WCCW pride. Filmed weekly from the Dallas Sportatorium and hosted by former Dallas reporter and Texas Rangers announcer Bill Mercer, the syndicated show quickly made World Class one of the hottest promotions within the industry on a national, then international level, without compromising the gentleman's agreement amongst the National Wrestling Alliance pertaining to promotions staying within the boundaries of their designated regions. Yet, Atkinson would still take some flack for bringing his product to both a national and international audience from the National Wrestling Alliance. Then, WCCW introduces state-of-the-art television production, though the WWE usually gets the credit, and often rightfully so, for their many innovative concepts in professional wrestling, it was world-class that was years ahead of its time in terms of professional wrestling television shows. Due to the fact that the WCCW territory, at the time, ran shows only in Dallas and Fort Worth and the surrounding area, it was necessary for the promotion to give its viewers nationwide a superior wrestling card on a weekly basis, regardless of the fact that the matches were available for free on TV. The Sportatorium would be packed every week from late 82 until things fell apart after Kerry Von Erich's motorcycle accident in the summer of 86. World Class's weekly television programs were unique at the time, featuring main event caliber matches at an age where squash matches, which were established superstars destroying enhancement talent in shorter matches, suited for television programming, they were the norm back then. See on wrestling superstars or superstars of wrestling and wrestling challenge. Many memorable angles were shown on TV to viewers around the country. In the days of Cable's infancy, years before pay-per-view events became a promotion's bread and butter, which is changing even to this day now, the big payoffs to feuds and angles usually came at their big house shows. From 84 to 88, WCCW ran a big card at Texas Stadium on the first Sunday of May, which was the Parade of Champions and also a show in the fall at the Cotton Bowl. They also held seasonal wrestling Star Wars events at the Reunion Arena, usually on Independence Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, big holidays. The matches from these events were usually shown in their entirety on free television shortly after the event. Aside from showing main events on free TV, WCCW television production was always ahead of its time. Thanks to its syndicated program's original producer, Mickey Grant, under Grant, World Class was the first wrestling promotion to use multiple handheld cameras to give the matches an up-close, more urgent feel. The show was among the first to air pre-tape vignettes of wrestlers outside the squared circle. He did a real nice favor for me one time that I was really like, oh, really? You know. Uh, so he... Uh, I went in one day. We used to always have to go in for, you know, I don't know, I think it was like Tuesdays or something was payday, and we'd always go in, and you could get your check. And so I was sitting there getting my check, you know, and in he comes, and, of course, we always got it from Miss White, who was, we called her the keeper of the gate, because if you couldn't, if you couldn't get by Miss White, she ran the office, and she handed out the checks, and nobody got by her. 
So, okay, I'm getting my check, and here comes Fritz, and he's asking me, talking to me, how you doing, you know, and I says, oh, I'm fine, but I got to go to that dentist. And he goes, well, what's the matter? And I says, well, you know, I got a root canal. I got to go get handled. I got to go get taken care of, so I got to get my check and go. And he goes, well, that's real. How much, how much is the root canal? And I said, well, you know, it's like, it's 150 bucks or something, you know, so I need the money to go. And he goes, he goes, uh, Miss White, get him, get him an extra 150 bucks. And so he got me the 150 bucks for the root canal. And he says, them dentists, he says, I had one of the boys was up there the other day and they tried to tell me $150 for this thing. And I, he's, he said, I told him I'm not paying you $150 for you to work on one tooth. What are you crazy? And I got him down, but he says, here, you take the $150 and you know, so I did, and off I went, you know, and I've always remembered that, you know, that he, you know, he didn't have to, and he really, I knew him just only as one of the wrestlers. I think he kind of halfway liked the way I worked and that kind of stuff, but, you know, I always remembered that little deal with him, and I always, uh, you know, very appreciative of that. Fritz von Erich could walk into a territory and get over and draw money faster than probably anybody that I've ever Say I wouldn't say ever because there's some tremendous stars out there right now. But uh, Fritz knew how to get over. Fritz von Erich came to the Amarillo Territory, got over fast, and drew money. He really drew his biggest money with my father, Dory Funk Sr. And the, the match that I will remember forever is Fritz von Erich against my father in a German blood match. We have all kinds of strange matches right now. Tables, ladders, chairs. A German blood match is where you bring two, well, they started with handkerchiefs and then they got to towels. And when you fill your towel with your opponent's blood, you <laughs> you win the match. And uh, so the fans were promised blood and it was under Texas death match rules. First man to fill his towel with his opponent's blood was the winner of the match. Uh, it was big box office. But my experience with Fritz von Erich as NWA world champion was a big wrestling match that was built up myself against Fritz von Erich in Texas Stadium. And uh, uh, once again, it was a match that lasted for the one-hour time limit. And my brother was in my corner. And uh, the thrill at that time of walking into Texas Stadium with 30,000 people there uh, and knowing what the newly built stadium meant and what it meant to the Dallas Cowboys and being a, a football fan and everything and participating in a wrestling match that drew that much money was a big thrill. And uh, uh, it was kind of a tribute to, to what a tremendous box office attraction Fritz was. And uh, it was a huge crowd. I walked out on the grass and I just thought, well... <laughs> Now I know what the Cowboys feel like. And we'll wrap up our 1982 milestone capsule with Fritz von Erich and his retirement show. On June 6th of 1982, Texas wrestling fans said goodbye to their longtime wrestling hero. As their curtain came down on the career of the legendary Fritz von Erich at Texas Stadium in Irving, Texas, as he battled nemesis King Kong Bundy in the main event of WCCW's first big card, Although the attendance for the show was disappointing, this was before national and international syndication took off, and prior to the arrival of the fabulous Freebirds, 
With approximately 6,000 fans in attendance, the card was nonetheless a turning point in the history of World Class as the elder Von Erich stepped aside and allowed his sons, Kevin, David, and Kerry, to become full-fledged superstars of the sport. The top results of the event were Andre the Giant defeating Bugsy McGraw by disqualification. Andre the Giant won a Body Slam Battle Royal. The Great Kabuki and Magic Dragon defeated David and Kevin Von Erich to win the All-Asian Tag Team titles. You won't see that now, will you? Kerry Von Erich defeated Harley Race in a no-disqualification match. And Fritz Von Erich defeated King Kong Bundy in a Falls Count Anywhere match to win the American Heavyweight title in his retirement match. This is for the American Heavyweight Championship. A belt that Fritz Von Erich at one time held longer than any other human being in the history of wrestling. No disqualification, no time limit. There must be a winner. King Kong Bundy's manager, Gary Hart, is barred from the Texas Stadium field. And falls will be legal either in the ring or on the Dallas Cowboys football field. For the American Heavyweight Championship from Nome, Alaska, at 450 pounds, defending champion King Kong Bundy. Retiring tonight from professional wrestling after an illustrious career from Lake Dallas, Texas at 270 pounds, the immortal Fritz Von Erich. Bring the ball back. Organization that he jumps on Fritz von Erich before he has his jacket off, his shirt off. But here comes Fritz right back, and this battle is underway for the American Heavyweight Championship. Fritz von Erich retiring. King Kong Bundy has the title. Bundy has the claw. Put on his board here early in the bout by Fritz von Erich. But it's ripped loose by Bundy, and we're underway with a bounce that'll go all over the stadium. The Texas way to break any hole. He can come back now. King Kong Bundy. Oh no, it looks like Bundy's getting a chair. Picking up, picking up that chair beside the throwing table. Here comes Bundy. And Bundy loses the chair, a kick to the midsection. Now Fritz comes back with the chair, and Bundy is in real trouble. Across the top of the head. Bundy staggered to his knees, another one across the top of the head. The foot of the chair caught him. Now Fritz Von Erich moving in. Bundy in trouble, not knowing where he is. He's on his back. He's in he's in bad shape right now. He goes Fritz for the pin. One. Two. Three. Fritz Von Erich wins the American Heavyweight Championship in the end zone at Texas Stadium. I have the iron claw on this guy as tight as I've ever had it in my life from anybody. We can tell that in the tight shots. So you're going to have to pin him. 
use a chair or whatever. Of course, in most matches, you can't do what I was able to do here tonight. But the gratifying thing is, Bill, I'm going out. But I'm going out with a belt. It's meant the most to me and my family all these years. And now you get a chance for this guy and the one behind you over here and David. Someday there'll be a National Wrestling Alliance champion. Right now. Here's another one. Ten times. Each of these boys. There they are. And this one are gonna be world heavyweight champions. Well, we got five of them. I'm dedicating my life to it. Good. And we'll have five champions. Great, great. Ten times champ. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. The SNS Radio Network provides daily audio programming that covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment. If you're not listening, you're not trying. Squared Circle Media is proud to make episodes of Beyond the Bell and other pro wrestling audio content available to wrestling fans around the world. You can find all content from Squared Circle Media at www.squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com is the official website of ring announcer Sean Beckerman. This is where you will find video, audio, and the latest schedule for the future of ring announcing. All videos are streamed at the YouTube channel, also labeled Ring Announcing. Stitcher works to provide an innovative platform for listening to audio content on the go. You can download the Stitcher app on all smartphones via the Android Market and the iTunes App Store. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. If you are interested in advertising on Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com and in the title type, Advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time! Old school wrestling fans, thank you so much for joining us once again for another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Show known as Beyond the Bell via the powerful SNS Radio Network found archive stream live all shows on the network at snsradionetwork.com if you're not listening you're not trying experience beyond the bell socially follow me on facebook at sean Be- follow me on twitter at sean beckerman like beyond the bell and ring announcer sean beckerman on facebook as well as download the stitcher app to stream all updated shows at Beyond the Bell via the Stitcher app found for all smartphones. Also, fans, don't forget to check out the brand new ringannouncing.com, the new home for Beyond the Bell as we're making the transition this month from Podbean to ringannouncing.com. All shows are archived now at www.ringannouncing.com as well as snsradionetwork.com. But all shows from previous episode, upcoming episodes will now be linked to the brand new ringannouncing.com as well as videos linking to our YouTube page, any updates on audio, video, new programming, links to our This Week in Wrestling program that's a brand new segment on Unplugged with JJ Allcap Sexay. So tune in to ringannouncing.com for future Beyond the Bell episodes as well as snsradionetwork.com. Once again, thank you for joining me for another edition of the old-school podcast known as Beyond the Bell. We continue, of course, with additional programming in the coming months. The Hulkamania Chronicles wraps up, as well as the Horseman Files continuing on. Don't forget, the WCCW Milestones, which we just finished here at Beyond the Bell, kicks off 
We look at 1983 coming up as well. Don't forget the best and worst of the play-by-play and color commentators in wrestling. And we look at the greatest families in professional wrestling also in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that, wrestling fans. We will wrap things up with our old-school theme of the week. And what a better song to end things than with Stranglehold, a popular song used by Kerry Von Erich coming to the ring. I can picture it now in the 80s blaring through the speakers, the sportatorium, crowd going crazy. For the Von Erichs, wrestling fans, I'm Sean Beckerman signing off, and I'll see you at the matches. (laughs) 